0: i'm tired sick and tired of love i've had my fill of love from below and above Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dave Joskow Podcast. It is the end of June, almost, time for Independence Day. Independence Day, the time our country fought for justice and truth and old glory. My favorite time of the year, especially being a revolutionary fan. You know, every time I go to London, and that's a lot, once. I kept going, So, what's your feeling on uh, the revolution? Oh boy, they still get angry. They're still angry. Still angry after all these years. I bring it up because it's relevant. Because we're all talking the Confederate flag. We're talking Civil War stuff. It's all coming back. Anyway, uh, today is, I'm taping the show on Thursday... Because I just am doing an impromptu show. I am not as prepared as I like to be because I didn't know I was going to do a show today. And I will tell you why. You know, I don't have many listeners. We talk about this all the time. But I know the ones that I do are very loyal and they like listening every week. And I don't like to disappoint by not having a show. So as we uh, spoke about, if you listen to last week's show, I said we were going to start doing a live show, a live uh, podcast and a show that'll be videotaped at a website called DuhThoughts.com. D-U-H Thoughts. <laughs> I couldn't possibly spell thoughts on the moment. Dot com. And uh, that's what we did yesterday. And I didn't think it went that well. If I'm being honest with you, I bought in our good friend Irene Premis, and I was just pissed at everybody. Because uh, doing it in the comfort of my own home with the proper sound equipment is the way I like to put on a show. And I like to do the proper thing. And we have, you know, I don't know how many shows we've done already, but it's a lot. You know, I've only missed two since September 1st. I talk about it all the time. I missed a New Year's Eve and Memorial Day. And I'm not going to do one next week. It's no point in doing it for the 4th of July. So I will miss three shows since September 1st as of next week. And, you know, if you listen to the quality the show, you know, obviously, like I always say, it got better after we left stand up New York, which is, you know, doesn't make any sense since they have an entire studio and it's beautiful in there. But... uh You know, you want the quality to be consistent all the time so that a new listener can go back and listen and it doesn't sound, oh, this is, you know, y'all know I'm a Howard Stern fan. Y'all know I'm a Howard Stern fan and that's why I like Howard, but when I listen, I don't like listening to the old shows. Uh, for one thing, they remind me of uh, you know a bad place I used to be in my life, which which continues. But uh, <laughs> even worse, you know, I think, oh my god, it's been thirty years. I'm doing the same thing. And I don't like the old shows. They sound different. His voice sounds different. I don't like it. So yesterday, when we did the show at this place, it it was very nice. I mean, this guy Max King, he put together this whole thing. They made a nice poster for me. And, you know, we had the little desk and we had an audience and everything. And it was very nice. But the sound wasn't working properly. It, like, not properly. It just wasn't set up. You know, we had live mics. I was afraid of that. And he said, are you sure you don't want me to bring my regular equipment? So at least then I have the podcast. But they only wanted me to do 30 minutes to 35. And I'm like, but the thing for me is to be able to do an hour and you guys cut it up because i have to, the podcast the audio podcast has to come first so you know they gave me the audio tape of it yesterday and i was putting it together it's really low i sound low irene sounds high uh, so annoying so so i was riding the city bike today listening to it seeing if i felt like putting it up or not and she was annoying the, the shit out of me she, just, and last night I texted her. I'm like, "Hey, thanks for saving the show because she was really funny and she did some funny things." But it was it was too much, and I guess the live audience just made her, you know, be the the comic that she is on stage or whatever. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it was too much. Uh, I I don't care. Uh, really, I don't mind to be overshadowed or 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 if somebody's funnier than me. It, it really doesn't bother me. I'm a very good audience but it was just the the loudness of it you know compared to my voice it, it was disturbing and maybe that bothers me if i if the host of the show isn't you know is on the same level as everybody else it sounds bad it's not it doesn't bother me i mean it still does bother me but if the guest is lower i don't know somehow it doesn't bother me as much but the host should be the perfect Audio and I don't even know whether I'm doing the audio right because I always have to turn it up long on my phone. But of course, yes, I listen on the street and there's buses and there's noise. So I think the quality is good for everybody. I suppose somebody would tell me, but this time it wasn't, and they admitted that the sound was off. It wasn't anybody's fault. It's just I, I don't think the guy took into consideration the live audience, and I don't know how the live audience. We got two lav mics. The audience wasn't mic'd. How they were blowing the mics. It it, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> But I decided to do a show today. You know, I was went all day. I'm like, should I should I just do a, another show? Should I do another show? And then I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not going to do a show next week. Let me just come home and do the show really quick with what I have left and 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 the stuff and maybe touch on some of the stuff I talked about yesterday, which you can see they're going to cut it up into bits, you know, maybe five to seven minute bits, not, you know, a whole thing. You can at least see the show on this DuhThoughts.com. And I think in the future it could be work, but... I got to tell you all day, Irene has been very polite and tweeting and and Facebooking a couple of photos of us together and stuff. And and there's a big banner that says the Dave Juskow show. And you, you'd you think somebody would be excited, but I'm not. I'm I'm de- I'm depressed and disappointed. And I I guess only because it's, um you know, the Dave Juskow show, you know, the Dave Juskow show for me was going to be on NBC You know, that's just on a website and it's a nice website and it's going to be fun and it'll be cool. But I think, you know, for podcast purposes, podcasts should just stay to a podcast and maybe I'm not ready for a live podcast show, although I'm trying. So maybe it was just our first time. We were planning on doing it at this bar called Sessions, maybe towards football season or something. And that's the other thing, too. I don't know. You know, we've been having a lot of fun doing the shows about, you know, topics and stuff like that. You know, it's going to be easy for me to talk about football and television. I mean, that is my favorite thing. Do I do two shows? Do I talk about the topics? Do I make a half hour shows? I can't decide. Do, do people actually have time to sit and listen for an hour? I don't. I listen in 20 minute spurts. You know, on my way walking around or riding the bike. So I don't know how other people feel. I, I don't know if people have time to listen to an hour long podcast. You know, um, Gilbert's is an hour. That's the only other one I listen to, although I haven't listened to in a while for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I guess for a while they didn't... They they cut theirs down, and I got disenchanted. I, I like the hour-long ones with, you know, decent guests. I just need to go back on. I'm sure they have some good guests. I I don't know why I've been out of it for a while. I'm always look, looking for something to listen to while I'm walking or riding home. Um I haven't been listening to the sports station. That's what I, you know, usually listen to because there hasn't been any. You know, I really couldn't care less about baseball talk. But um, and and I'm going to go on and uh, well, you know, let's. Uh, I guess I just want to con- you know continue this for a second before I was going to talk about a Rod's three thousandth hit and uh, the guy that won't return the ball, which uh, you know is awesome. He he'll crack he'll crack sooner or later. He's at this. Well, I'll tell you in a second. Let me just end with this thing. Um, so anyway that's why I'm doing the show today I mean there's really nothing more to say I've said everything It's almost like I have to come on here to As therapy for myself I was just very disappointed today In the way when The way that I feel like I can't I feel if I put up the 35 minutes That I got from the audio file It just stinks I don't think I was good You know Irene was the same <laughs> She's always good but it was just too much and you can't hear And the things you can hear kind of blow your eardrums And it's annoying And the levels aren't good I don't know So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to do this and, and hopefully we'll work it out Next time when we do it I'll have this equipment And we'll try it again, you know But, you know, the the podcast isn't lost It's going to be on The website, com, And you can watch it there I don't know. I guess the other thing is I don't feel like I look that great on camera. Irene gave me some uh, pancake to put so my, uh, you know, you can't see the bags under my eyes, which, which I was grateful for, you know, because, you know, I love, I, I love getting makeup before TV. I hated when, you know, we would do shows that people like, like Artie's show. There was no makeup people. That used to bother me. Uh, and I think I looked okay on that show. There was a couple times. You know, I would try and dress up, unlike the other folks that came on, yeah, you want to look good on television or am I just my mother's son? I don't know. Isn't that the right thing to do? I, I like to look good for the theater and when I appear on television. And when I'm on an airplane, I like to dress up in a jacket and tie, go old school. Well, maybe I don't dress up in a jacket and tie. You know, I wear my flying pants. I refuse to wear shorts on a plane. I hate when people do. It's disgusting. I don't know, you know, unless it's girls. Guys should not be wearing shorts on a plane. I can't tell you why. It's disgusting. Guys are disgusting. The people that, you know, nobody. It's, it's like when you, don't, when you dress up like a disgusting on a plane, you're just having no respect for anybody else. These are probably the people that, you know, have just no respect. You know, the way they do the, the luggage on the top or whatever. I don't know. I try and be respectful. I try and be polite. You know, I fly alone all the time. I want to be polite to people. I'm taking a sip of water. I think I'm dehydrated today. It's not hot today, but you know, I still um you know, I walk fast and I don't know. I just don't drink enough water. I try. I've been trying a lot harder. And I ate good today. I had a salad. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but and just water. I didn't I usually have an Arnold Palmer. I used to have three, but my friend Lee, you know, won't he, he bartends um where I eat. And he won't give me any more Arnold Palmer's here. I can have one Arnold Palmer, and then he switches me to water, which is a very nice thing to do. But it's funny when he's not there. They're like, "Oh, Dave, do you want another Arnold Palmer?" And I'm like, "I'm not allowed. I gotta have water. I hate water. I really do. I don't like it. It Doesn't taste good. You know where I like water? I like water out of the, uh, you know, out of the out of the hose. <laughs> you know, in my front yard, from where I grew up. I want that water. Front yard, backyard hose." Water from a hose tastes unbelievable. I don't know whether it just tastes unbelievable because you're so sweaty when you're a kid and you're just like so dying for water or whether it really tastes unbelievable. (laughs) I don't know. I love water from a hose. It's full of bugs and disgusting stuff. I must give it that unbelievable flavor when you're growing up. Water from a hose. Why don't they bottle that? Although I'm pretty sure my tap water tastes like that. I drink the New York City tap water. Pretty sure it... Pretty much has that water from a hose taste. That's what I'm drinking now. I stopped drinking tap water for a while, but now it seems pretty clean. I think they fixed something, so it's better. So why don't we move on to today's events? I will touch on some of the stuff we talked about yesterday. Uh, but basically, we will just do the show the best we can. I got a couple of clips. Now I can play more extended clips. They're like, well, maybe you could play eight seconds. I'm like, eight seconds? Fuck you. I'll play what I want to play, and that's the kind of show I do. So the first thing I was going to talk about, maybe, was uh, A-Rod's 3,000th hit. Now, I don't know if you heard, you know, um, Alex Rodriguez from the New York Yankees. He's, been on, he's kind of been on fire this year, which is, you know, it just makes everybody sad, because maybe this is the way it could have been without his stupid steroids, and he could have been a possible living legend. He might have beaten that idiot Barry Bonds, you know, home run thing. If he didn't, Oh, that it clearly, I mean, maybe there was no use for steroids for this guy. He's doing really well, you know, which drives me crazy because, you know, I ain't the Yankees, but whatever the case may be. So the guy that caught A-Rod's 3,000 hit, which was also a home run, like Derek Jeter's, I mean, he's having this unbelievable year. Remember Derek Jeter's 3,000 hit with a home run? Boy, that was special. That was unbelievable. I got to see that live. That was so entertaining. You know, I might hate the Yankees, but nobody hates Derek Jeter. There's a lot of players I like. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i love to have Bernie Williams come in, play his guitar. It's my, it might be a possibility if I can get to a good location. I mean, he, he's the man. You know, listen, uh, we've talked about this before. I hate the New England Patriots. I'm a New York Jets fan. But would I love to have Tom Brady on my show? Would I like to meet Tom Brady? You're damn right I would. I can't wait to see Ted Two because Tom Brady's in it. I don't know why. I don't. It's that's funny. I know he's going to be funny. I mean, he can't act. You know that's going to be hilarious because you got to trust these guys, Seth MacFarlane and my my good friend Alex Sulkin. These guys are they're genius. Ted is going to be unbelievable. I, I cannot wait. It opens tomorrow, but I don't think I can go. I got the roller derby Saturday. If you if you're listening to this on Friday, come down to the roller derby Aberdeen. It's a double header. I'm pissed. It's a double header. I lose my voice after the first after like, and now Chesty McBruiser. Please welcome Pushy Galore. I lose my voice after like the second one because, you know, I don't do it enough. And, you know, your, your voice, is, it's a muscle. Uh, just the way I lose the muscle in my pants. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I don't uh, masturbate enough. What? Where am I going with this? Uh, but no, I got the roller derby this Saturday, so then I can't go and, Oh, I, I I can't even. I never go to the movies. I never go to the movies. I I don't know what the I. Oh my god! I think the last movie I saw might have been Skyfall with my friend Lawrence. We see all the James Bonds together. Me and Sarah usually see all the Woody Allen movies together. But we didn't see the last one, and that was messed up because I was in town. Like you know, I happened to be in LA when all his movies come out. We didn't see the last one, and that's not good. We we have a very good track record of seeing them all together. Otherwise, I just never go. I don't think I have anybody to go with usually. And I hate going here. You know, I like going to the one in Battery Park City. I like park I like driving down there. Cause then you can go to like a first run. Like I could go to Ted Two the night it opens in Battery Park City because nobody goes there. Or maybe at least they weren't after September eleventh. It was a lot easier to uh go there. Maybe it's maybe it's filling up more now, but it was uh I liked parking my car around there, getting a little high. You know what I'm saying? Then, like, taking my time. Like, I let go in, like, three hours early. You know, walk in there, maybe checking out some food. Probably, you know, getting, like, a bunt, maybe some popcorn, maybe some chocolate stars, which, of course, they don't make anymore because I'm thinking of the 70s. Because I don't like Junior Mints. I don't like anything else. I just like plain chocolate. But they have cookie dough balls, which I really like. You know, getting something to drink, go to the bathroom. Taking my time. What's happening, everybody? Just walking around. Because it takes like an hour to get up there. There's so many escalators. And then like hanging out. And then afterwards, coming out, walking around. It's beautiful there. I mean, think about it. You're coming out of the movie theater. You're walking around. It's a beautiful night. You're looking at the Statue of Liberty. You're looking at the fair. You know, it's beautiful down there. I mean, it really is nice. So it's a very pleasant experience. You're, you're adding this, this movie thing, and you're making... Kind of a night out of it, you know, like like old school. Like it's like when I was a kid, we used to go to Radio City Music Hall. You I know mean, how old am I? There used to be, you know, a movie and then a show. Well, my aunt used to take me there. I remember I saw I saw Tom Sawyer with Jodie Foster there. We must be the same age. Tom Sawyer and and, and with Jody Johnny Whitaker from uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and Family Affair, uh, him and Jodie Foster playing Becky Thatcher. And we saw that, and then we saw the Rockettes, and they came on after the movie. I mean, uh, they really let people do like you know four or five hours of uh, of that. Uh, now that was, and that was probably probably only cost like seven bucks. Not like uh, I got to take my niece to see Finding Neverland. This my niece was going to college. Still obsessed with Peter Pan. What's the matter with her? Here comes Selena again. <laughs> Don't chew on the wire. <laughs> I'm sorry I paused because I'm like she's up to something I know she's gonna I'm gonna have to pause okay she's just sitting on my material that's fine but um, my niece is coming in she goes she wants to see Finding Neverland that ticket's $140 a piece it's over that that's you know what, what kind of person got to take out your niece I, I think when my aunt took me and my sister out she probably paid 20 bucks for all three of us and that was, she was oh, thank God I sound like Mr. Burns from the Simpsons and back then you'd pay $7 And it was probably less. And you got a movie, you got a show, and you had a bite to eat after. A steak and kidney pie was about a nickel and a half. Well, it's official. I mean, we've all known I'm an old man, but it's now official. I mean, fortunately, I'm telling a story from my childhood. It's not, uh, you know, I I don't know what my aunt paid, Aunt Judy, who was the best. I mean, she's still alive. (laughs) She's still pretty cool. Oh, and I'll tell you something. You know, her last name is Blitzer. She married uh, my uncle Bob Blitzer. And she is the reason why my cousin owns the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and it's really funny because we were at my niece's graduation party and she was there and uh, we were talking about the Devils or, or something. And uh, some guy comes up, one of the girl's fathers, and he's like, oh, who, who owns the Devils? And she goes, we do. And I'm like, eh, what a pretentious thing to say. We do. But I guess she kind of does. I mean, it's her name. That's her, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess you could say that. I wonder if I should start saying that. Why not go for it all, right? Oh, I do. Hey, do you know who owns the New Jersey Devils? Um, I do. Wait, are you being sarcastic? Am I? <laughs> who invented sarcasm? Uh, I did. One of the greatest jokes ever. But I have uh, digressed into. Uh, oh, I didn't start my clock. I have no idea what time we are. Let's assume I've pretty much talked for like fifteen minutes. But um, anyway, this guy who caught a Rod's ball—that's that—that was the the point where I started from. His name is Zach Hampel, and he is a—you ready? He's like a professional ball catcher. <laughs> You know, from like a fan who professionally goes to baseball games and catches balls and I guess sells them. So mother load for this guy. He's even written a book about the art of catching a baseball. I mean, how great is this guy? He also sat there, held the ball, and tweeted it. I mean, this guy knows all the tricks. Now, they said, well, first of all, he, he wasn't going to give it back. The Yankees have come up to him. They're like the, the, the president, the COO. They're like, they're trying to negotiate the ball. And he's like, no, fuck Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't think he said that, but he's like, he, they got plenty. He's got plenty. Because technically, good for this guy. Alex Rodriguez shouldn't get that ball. That should be his punishment. You don't get your 3,000th hit ball because you're a douchebag and you've ruined the integrity of the game. You've basically just ruined everything. You suck. But, of course, this is a perfect example of everybody forgiving because we love when somebody does well, especially if you're a Yankee fan. So um, there's a guy from the Royals, a pitcher, who's noticed this guy past games. He goes, he's the best ball-catching fan of our generation, this guy Jeremy Guthrie. He's legitimately above the average at catching balls in the stands. I've seen him sprint up rows, down and across aisles, and he has no fear of catching the ball. In Baltimore, this is the, the pitcher talking from Kansas City, I saw him catch three balls in a game I was one in right field, two innings later on a pop-up behind home plate, and another one literally catching it on the run going full speed. I mean, I don't know how this guy remembered, but I guess this guy, you know, he's in the stands. He wrote the book. Maybe the guy read his book. I don't know. He wrote a book. He's appeared on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, How to Snag Major League Baseball. He's written three books. I'm sorry. He's got more than 8,000 baseballs across 51 major league stadiums since 1990. And uh, Rodriguez is—he's like, oh, uh, geez, I wish the guy that caught Derek Jeter's ball caught mine. That's the guy I needed. I wasn't so lucky. Fuck you, jerk off. Oh, now meanwhile, this guy's getting pressured. He's on all the talk shows. He's gonna crack sooner or later. Somebody's gonna make him an off. Can't, can't believe I almost said that without doing the Marlon Brando. Uh, uh, I'm gonna put a gun to his head, and neither is, uh the ball will be in my hands or his brains. Uh, I bet you if Steinbrenner was still in charge, oh, that ball would be in Alex Rodriguez's possession now. Of course, there'd be no Alex Rodriguez. I think he would have gotten the hell out of rid of him, although you never know with Steinbrenner. He might have bought him back a 100 times, like Billy Martin or something. But I love it's a It's an ongoing story, and it's interesting. He hasn't given the ball back yet, but I think that is his plan. He's, you know, he's having second thoughts, but kind of fascinating story. Now, what I played at the beginning was uh, Madeline Cotton? Now, I I talk about this uh, on the com Last Thursday, me and... And let me tell you something else I want to say about the thoughts thing. There was too much gay stuff. Um, You know, I always make fun that I'm gay and I do a lot of gay stuff. Because I don't care, and I don't think anyone else does, and it's—I don't—it doesn't bother me in the least when people make fun of me for, you know, maybe being gay. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm single. I live with a cat. It, I get it, you know, whatever. And you know, I love my cat. Does that make it gay? I don't know. And you know, uh, what I love the—I love talking about the Tony Awards music. I get it. I get it. We talk about it all the time. in The podcast. Who cares? But you know, there's some times when it just gets to be too much. And you know, whether the audience chiming in or Irene. And then, you know, I try not to be rude. I know I, you know, I do talk about a lot of racist stuff and I do talk about a lot of gay and or whatever, you know, Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner, whatever the transgender and I make fun. And I I always think I am a, a very equally racist, you know, for everybody. I'm racist about everything. But sometimes it just gets to be too much and I don't want, if I'm saying it, it doesn't bother me so much. That's my responsibility. And I take it, but then when other people say it, and other people are just going too far, and it's my show, it makes me uncomfortable, and I don't want my audience to feel that way either. And you know, I do have a lot. And so yesterday, okay, here case in point, right? Um, you know, I'm talking about. We're talking about that. We're talking about just how because you know we had the Barry Manilow a couple of weeks ago and. You know, and then I was talking about uh, me, Scotty, you know, little Scotty from the Tony podcast and uh, Alan, who I've had on the show before, um, you know, f- who's a, an activist and and his husband, Lee, and and uh, my, our friend Marvin and all these guys and his husband, Igor. We all went to see the show that Scotty put together. He's uh, the publicist for this new he's Liza Minnelli's publicist. And he had this new client. Uh, and. You know, so so it just got gayer and gay. You know, the more I was talking about it, but again, you know, obviously I don't care going out with these guys and stuff. But then everybody starts chiming in, and it and it's uh, it just gets to be a little too much. And I felt that way. That's one of the other reasons I was a little tepid about the podcast. Again, I don't care if people make fun of me. But here's what happened. This is what I was getting to. Is Max King, who put together Duh Thoughts and put together the podcast. His wife is the manager of Cyndi Lauper, who is the writer and musician of. Uh, I probably didn't say that right, but uh, of Kinky Boots on Broadway. Now everyone knows I love Broadway, so he gave me a Kinky Much. Now the Kinky Boots, I I, I don't care to see. I don't I don't want to see it. I, it just doesn't look good for me, and I'm not interested. Even though. You know, I, my friend, you know, if Max wants me to see it, I'll go see it. But it, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He gave me a mug with kinky boots on it. He goes, do you want to use the kinky boots mug? And I'm like, sure. So I started talking the way I talk in the podcast, you know, just about gay and, you know, this kind of stuff and that and the Barry Manilow. We're just talking about it. And then he's whispering to me. I have no idea what he's saying. And, he, you know, you can see the pause and I'm turning, He's everybody's to my left. The little audience from the five or six people we had were to the left, and that's why I think my mic kept going out because it was on my shirt. If I keep turning to the left, you know, I, you can't hear me. It's kind of a disaster. But he's, say, he's saying, he's whispering, which I finally found out, turn the mug around because he's embarrassed that there's too much gay talk and you shouldn't have the kinky boots mug there. Now, I can't work in an atmosphere like that if somebody's going to, censor me this is the podcast it, it, the, the forum is made so i can if i feel like it you know i don't curse often but if i feel like saying fuck alec rodriguez or you know i, I uh, you know black cock whatever the fuck i feel like saying i have to be able to say and if, if you know if and if he's going and, and i get i'm not gonna you know sit there and use the n-word or whatever you know like uh just while we're doing this video show maybe or something, I mean, maybe I would, but I'd, you'd hope it, you'd be smarter, you'd be on tape, and you, you know, you're know you doing something different. But if I'm just talking the way, I mean, this is the way the podcasts work, and he's already, in the first five minutes, telling me to turn it around because there's too much gay stuff, so i got to turn around the kinky boots mug because Cindy Lopper is going to be upset because I went to see a cabaret show with my gay friends, which I wasn't... I was, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin with it. It just I think it for me, it it th- all of a sudden the entire show was uncomfortable for me after that. Tell me after, uh, blur out the kinky boots thing. Don't do it while I'm sitting there talking. Now all of a sudden I I do the first time I go out in the thing I'm being censored. So you know that include that really bothered me and that could have been the worst of it all. And so of course then it got to me thinking: Are we talking too much gay? Is there, are we making too much fun? But as you know, the fun is being made of me. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. Uh, so it, it disturbed me. But anyway, we went to see uh, Scotty had this new client. I, I can't remember her name. It doesn't matter. We ain't going to see her again. Um, and we all went to support him at uh, 54 Below. And I talk about this, uh, you'll be able to see it, the video of it. Not the video of the video of me talking about it. Big deal. And we went to see this woman, and she was horrible. She's French cabaret singer, and I was looking for you know I like cabaret or whatever. But oh my god, she was horrible because she, and maybe this is the way the French are. I mean, maybe this is their thing. I mean, she put no effort into it. Whatever. I was saying on the show, maybe she might be seventy. Maybe she's in her late sixties. I, I I I couldn't tell. I, I said she looked pretty good, but the guys were saying she was older. And like I said, I saw Barry Manilow two weeks or a week previous and he's older than she is and he was putting on a show. And this woman's given nothing. She's given what Madeline Kahn gave in Blazing Saddles as a joke. I'm tired, sick and tired of love. I've had my fill of love from below and above. And she's so hilarious, but I mean, that's what that woman was doing, but not to be funny. And she was just like, if you go to Paris, and the audience, I mean, you look around, they weren't digging it. I mean, and it's like a, you know, a crowd that wants to like it. You know, they're trying to be polite. They're a nice crowd, even though everything was really expensive. And She's giving you nothing in between, even the banter. She should have somebody writing for her. She was just like, have you been to Paris? And the guys are like, no. Oh, you have to go. You thought she was going to make some sexy banter with one of the male guys or something like that. I mean, wow. The show stunk. So me and Alan were having a good time. We were mocking. That's what we do. You know, that's when we bond, you know, being bullies and mocking other people when they're on stage. It's my favorite thing to do. But this guy, Igor, was, he started getting so angry at us. He was so angry. He knew it was bad, but he was mad that we were making fun. I mean, we weren't making fun. She couldn't hear us. But, you know, we were also paying like a, like $100. So we were getting upset. And he shortchanged us, Igor, at the end. He didn't give enough. So fuck that guy. He's getting all pissy. Because that, that's why we were having a good time. We were just, like, making some fun and some faces. Uh, and he was getting so angry. He ruined the entire experience. Just like A-Rod. He's ruined the integrity of the show. But that's what I did last Thursday. And it was super fun anyway. Because even a bad show, when you're with your friends, is a good time. But it was funny. We we pretty sure we were sitting in the back of the, her manager or something. Because the guy was writing on a piece of paper and just crossing stuff out and writing stuff down. And. Obviously, you know, it's like, how much would you give me if I tap the guy on the shoulder and be like... In the third song, uh, I would cut everything after that. The next 12 songs. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever I was going to say. Uh, just to say anything would be awesome. Now, uh, some other stuff. What do I want to talk about? James Horner. You might remember this song. <laughs> There's that high-pitched noise where I taped it. I don't know what that is. It's annoying. That's a uh, pretty famous Titanic. He died like a couple days ago in a plane crash. A plane, he was flying. I don't know when these guys are going to stop. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford almost died like uh, about two months ago, remember? Uh, these guys shouldn't be piloting planes. They're They're actors or musicians. They should not be flying. So he's dead. John Denver, same thing. The only one who really seems experienced, like ridiculously experienced that he could fly JetBlue or whatever is John Travolta. I mean, he really is an actual pilot. Everyone else does it on the side as a joke. And they probably... If you got it so good and you got millions of dollars and you're really successful should probably stay on the ground as much as possible <laughs> or, or let a professional fly you around because uh, then you're a dick. And he just guy James Horner. I didn't even realize he did. You know, he did so much stuff. I mean, you can look it up, but he did, like, you know, my favorite. Uh... Slow to one half in Oswald. Yes. Ricardo Montalban, Star Trek II, when they go into the nebula system. I had no idea that was him. I always thought he was kind of an idiot with that Titanic theme, which is, you know, listen, you can't get that. You know the theme. Pretty impressive, but uh, Star Trek 2. Slow down to one impulse power. I don't know what voice that was, but I was trying to do more Mercado- It is very cold in space. Revenge is a dish best served cold. It's very cold in space. I've done worse. I've hurt him. How's that good, huh? Huh? <laughs> it wasn't very good. So, um, yeah, I was just watching a John Denver like documentary. That, that guy's a dick too. Flying his own plane. What do you expect is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? You're not experienced. You're concentrating on other stuff. Your plane is a hobby. Funny thing is, I I think I'd like to try that. (laughs) Clint Eastwood's a helicopter pilot. That doesn't sound like a good plan either. But I kind of want to try it. I want to fly my own plane, kind of. Because I hate flying. Because I'm nervous that I'm not in control. Just like this podcast. So maybe flying would help me. I don't know. I'm going to end up dead for sure if I do that. So what I'll do is maybe I'll fly now. I don't have anything to lose. And then if I become successful, I'll stop doing it. But then I'll be hooked. And that'll be problematic. The other thing I want to go talk about today is the Confederate flag. Everybody is very uptight after the shootings in South Carolina because there's a Confederate flag that flies adjacent to the South Carolina State House. And, you know, that guy, you know, all these racist guys are always posing in front of the Confederate flag, and, you know, and if not the Confederate flag, then, you know, a Nazi flag or something like that. But, yeah, you know, the Confederate flag just means um, we like slavery and we wish you'd go back to that era. Yeah, there should be no Confederate flags, but it's funny that everybody's thinking about it now. We should have said, you know, when we won the war, the North take down those fucking flags too <laughs> you lost you lose you get nothing you stole fizzy lifting drink yeah you got it i guess i mean now they're saying take down the flags i mean i get it but it's kind of funny that it just takes this to say take it down but it is true i mean <laughs> do the not do the germans still fly nazi flags you know they lost the war should they still fly Nazi flags? I mean, I have one in my house, but it's a prop from The Sound of Music, of uh, the one that was over the Von Trapp family house. So that's different. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would say that. if Why do you have that Nazi flag? Oh, no, no, no. That's from The Sound of Music. It's a prop. I bought it on eBay. Um, remember where Christopher Plummer tears it down. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, you know what's extra funny? I had no idea. And what are you going to do about this? Because I kind of don't. I mean, I I guess I want it taken down, and it obviously does represent. You know, remember the Civil War was floored over like you know, we're going to put up this flag because we we want slavery. You know, because it's great. So you know, but I guess we all never thought about it before. It's funny that, I mean, I think even black people were just like. Uh, yeah, I love that that flag, but they probably, they're probably not associating it with it. Now we all are, which is good, I guess. Uh, but, you know, what are we going to do about this? Just a good old boys Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the loss It's a day before. of old. Hey. I loved the Dukes of Hazzard growing up I absolutely loved it So every episode, it was on Friday nights What was I doing? Yeah, you know, Catherine Bach wasn't too hard in the eyes either You know what I'm saying? I was the perfect age for masturbatory material And there it was You know, we didn't have YouTube back then We didn't have you porn We didn't have any of that stuff Catherine Bach was the closest thing we had Plus the Duke boys were hilarious And Uncle Jesse, forget about it He was awesome it was a great show, you know, lots of car chases, lots of nonsense, fighting for the cause. You always say modern day Robin Hoods. But the General Lee, which is the greatest car of all time, has a Confederate flag on the rooftop. I, I didn't know that. Did you? Yeah. So now what do you do? I think that General Lee is in a museum. Now what happens? Do you take it off? It completes the car it's it's a legend but i it's only on the roof i guess it's time to take it down and everybody now is talking about let's also you ready for this they're also saying let's also get rid of gone with the wind let's not show that anymore let's that's that's a tough one i don't care for gone with the wind i can't sit through it it's boring it's funny when i think about The Wizard of Oz coming out that same year. I always talk about 1939. Interesting year for movies, I believe. Also, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. You got three classics. 1939. And uh, Gone with the Wind wins Best Picture over The Wizard of Oz and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but that's okay. And I get that Gone with the Wind would win. It is an epic. But, um, you know, they chose back then not to use the N-word you know, you know if you know the the story, if you're old enough, you know, I mean, or even young enough just to know your movie history, <laughs> you know, when Clark Gable says frankly Scarlett I don't give a damn for the the shock value in the audience in 1939, he might as well say I'd like to fuck you up the ass. I mean, that's how controversial I don't give a damn was in 1939. So, yeah, they're not going to use the N-word. I'm okay with that if everybody's as shocked, you know, uh, at give a damn. I get that they were like, well, maybe we should not use that either. It's pretty powerful. But they're saying, you know, they, you know, the whole, you know, that's the thing. The whole war is based on we we want to keep slavery. That's what they're fighting for. So I get it, again, and I get where it should be reevaluated. But <sighs> What are you going to do? It's kind of part of our history, and we're all one nation. We, uh, we split up for a while. It was bad news. But, you know, what are you going to do? Just not talk about the Holocaust, too? You know, you, you got to show "Gone with the wind and people that see it have to be smart enough to realize it's it may be a one-sided tale. Yeah, they don't really talk about slavery. Uh, you know, Vivian Lee is very nice to her slaves, and they don't, you know, really refer to them as slaves. It's, you know, you just, you have to, you know, know that, that, you know, we weren't, maybe we weren't ready to discuss it. 1939, what is that, even 50 years after slavery was abolished, and certainly it wasn't, you know, it's, just took a lot of time for it to get right. We think, I think the year I was born was the year black people were allowed to vote. It's messed up. Uh, the, I don't know what you do about that one. It's a guy posed a movie guy posed a a, a very intelligent movie guy posed the question. It's a good one. I'm just sitting here contemplating it as I'm talking to it. Um, I would tell you more, but my cat is sitting on my notes, and she's uh, being quiet now. So. But um, don't you love that Dukes of hazard song? What about this one? This is actually my favorite. If we're going to go all hillbilly and racist, I guess. He's about to die. Load them up and chuck 'em. Yeah. Are we going to do what they say can't, can't be done? We got a long way to go. In a short time to get there. How did I not? How did I not have that in my car when I was driving from Orlando? How do you not immediately put that on as soon as you start out on the highway? A little Smokey in the bandit action. He's Bound Down, Lord, I'm up and gonna do what they say can't be done. Do you think uh, when Jerry Reed first wrote this, he actually had a lot of the N-word in there? <laughs> <That's what> the, <laughs> something about that banjo just makes you uh, think that's like, whoa, now why can't I use that word? But I don't know. For some reason, the Dukes a Hazzard song always reminds me of this because pretty much I think the Dukes Hazard was created after Smokey and the it was a big hit. So it would make sense. Smoking the Bandit still kind of holds up. It's a fun movie. It's kind of weird that it holds up. You know, it's like when Burt Reynolds was actually great and interesting and Sally Field. And then they started dating, you know, and Jackie Gleason. Play, You know, with a whole new generation of people getting to know Jackie Gleason, you know, as the sheriff. And he was great. And he was really funny, but in a completely different way than you knew him in The Honeymooners. And then it turns out that, like, Smoking the Bandit 2 w- was actually better. When does that ever happen? So I'm hoping for Ted 2. I'm hoping. Now, smoking and, Th- and the Bandit 3, not so good. As I remember Jackie Gleason on The Tonight Show saying... Uh, now we, we we're gonna do all of a sudden he had a southern accent because he was like, he was so used to playing it he's like yeah we're gonna do when where Smokey is the bandit <laughs> I'm pretty sure that came out I don't know what it was called maybe they called it something I don't think it was called smoking the bandit three but it was it was some jerk off that was in it that wasn't cool and I don't remember I gotta look it up I don't feel like looking it up now I kind of do but I don't I don't want to ruin the you know I don't want to slow down the the laughs. The awesomeness of this podcast today, right? Am I right, people? So anyway, it's uh, the fourth of July. Now, last week we were talking about the fireworks store that I go. You know, I was telling you, um, and I'm just going to use it one more time. Cause it's just too funny I, because of the way. Again, we're going to go prejudice. We're talking about. You know, I'm just going to say it again because um, when we were growing up. You know, we had all names for the firecrackers. Now, one of them was called the the N-word, uh, you know. But w- the reason why the story is interesting is because, uh, you know, there was this guy who was hanging around. I really don't think he thought he was saying the wrong thing. I've been telling stories about this because, like, when I was in junior high, the kids used to call me Berkowitz because I was Jewish. And David Berkowitz had just been arrested, the son of Sam killer. And they would call me that, and then they would say they hate the Jews to my face. <laughs> but I don't think they knew what they were talking about. I always thought, I think this is their parents talking. They really don't know any better. So we would get fireworks out of this guy's trunk in Chinatown. We'd go, about 1979, 1980, whatever. I went with this kid, and he, he we worked at Russell Steakhouse. but he had that Jersey Italian accent, and uh, he's just like... Yeah, he was at the back of the truck. And he's like, we got all these guys. Yeah, it's good. You got bottle rockets? He's like, yeah. You got nigger chases? Like, that's He's like, what? The guy was even like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, nigger chases. Like, he, I don't even think he knew that was a, I have to assume he probably knew. But that's what they were called. They were these fireworks that, you know, and they would go on the street, and that's what they were. Listen, that was the street name. I didn't make it up. It's completely not cool. But hearing that guy say it, it still makes me laugh. At the time, I remember being kind of shocked that he said it in front of somebody else. But I really believe he had no idea. I think he actually thought that was the name of the actual firework. Like So the point being, when I went to the firework store, finally, I, was, <laughs> I kept thinking of that guy. I'm like, should I ask for the end changes <laughs> like the guy excuse me you know cuz it's all 17 year old kids in there who work in there there's no way they're going to know that name and uh but i bet you there's guys my age that probably have no idea and they just go and i mean maybe they do but i don't know I, i'd like to give people that they were just taught that this is the word and that's the it's like it's like there's a perfect example do you know how many people i've talked to where they say well you know i Jewed them down And then he took the price off. And they're saying it to my face about something else that happened and not saying it with any kind of resistance. Like, well, I Jewed him down and and then he got, or, you know, he tried to Jew me down. And And this has happened multiple times. And I never correct them and I never say anything. I must raise my eyebrows at some point. But I really believe they think that's the term. Yeah, I chewed him down on the price, so I got it at a pretty good deal. <laughs> like, they're just saying it matter-of-factly. I really believe they think that's, that's the term, and it's not derogatory in any way. And if you call them, like, I will never call somebody on that. But if I'm with somebody who, you know, wants to get into it, which I have no problem with either, I just assume let people go. I, I don't give a shit. I don't want to correct anybody. But, like, if I'm with, you know, Sarah or something, she's going to be like, what did you say? And it's like, you know. Is what what I say, you know, and like I uh, drew them down, like, yeah, you know, I I I, I drew them down to get you know, like, <laughs> you have to explain to them. I don't know. I, I assume once you're older or if you're from a certain place, you should know better. But that was what they were taught, and you know, all this stuff is what you're taught later. I uh, I, I wanted to tell this story, but I. Uh, all right, what the hell? I'll tell it today. What the hell? What the hell? When I was in college, I don't know whether I've ever told this story before. And I think if I do a a live show, I'm going to tell this story. Again, you know, if you're taught this thing and it seems like the norm, that's what I'm trying to explain. So we went to college and there was probably a, a Filipino kid there. I don't know what he was, but we called him Tojo, which was completely a derogatory term, I think, from World War II what they used to call Japanese, or maybe there was a guy. I, I don't know. I should probably look it up. But I don't think it's a pretty term. And he wasn't even Japanese. And we called him Tojo. And we called him it to his face. And we called him it behind his back. I mean, we did it all. And then we just started to call him Toj. And he just dealt with it. Just like I did with, when they called me Berkowitz. Because uh, <laughs> I happen to be Jewish. Um, and we didn't care for him that much, but we didn't hate him. And he lived down on our floor and we never, nobody was like mean to him or anything. We just called him Tojo. And that was his name. We decided that was his name. And then this other kid came in like the next semester and he like kind of fell in love with this guy, not in a gay way, but like, he just like, Oh, I really liked this. You know, they just became really close and, uh, you know, like really close friends and we were none of us were that close to this kid Tojo. <laughs> and um uh, one day the, the two of them were playing tennis outdoors and the guy's friend, I can't remember his name, uh he goes, "Okay, Tojo, it's your serve." And he goes, "Um listen, uh you know, I, I it's I you know, if we're going to be friends, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't call me that." And he's like, "Call me what?" You know, he's like, what's your real name? Mark. <laughs> uh, the guy had no idea. He had no idea. He was completely humiliated. We just called him Tojo. He went with it. And the guy, when we came in, we're like, oh, you like Tojo? Well, uh, Yeah, he's pretty good. He's all right. You know, Like, so the guy's like, Tojo, it's your serve. And then the guy finally was like, uh, look, it looks like I'm really going to be friends with those guys. You know, these other guys are jerk offs, including myself. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know, we probably didn't even know what it meant Uh, It was really racist, damn But, uh, yeah, that's what happens sometimes, you know You're taught to hate or make fun And I'm just as bad as everybody else, I guess Can't say I've learned my lesson I mean, I'd like to think I have But sometimes I like using the terms because I think they're funny and I don't realize sometimes that uh, they're still hurtful because I think I'm hilarious. But people have told me vehemently that uh, sometimes I'm not. So (laughs) I have to um, maybe have to really look inside. But come on, you people would hate that. You love the podcast because you love I'm crazy, right? I'm crazy. All right, let's see what else we got today. Oh, I know. Um, oh, I want to get this piece of paper. Don't don't scratch me. Okay. Yes. Dick Van Patten died yesterday, two days ago. I don't know if you remember Dick Van Patten. He was the star of Eight is Enough, which you remember when we were kids. It was a very popular one-hour comedy drama show. I didn't care for it that much because I prefer comedies. And this was comedy drama. But Dick Van Patten I liked very much because he was in a lot of the Mel Brooks movies. And he looked just like my dad, but a nicer, sweeter dad. I mean, he really looks like my dad. My Aunt Judy sent me a picture of me and my dad and my sister and mom together the other day. I mean, the guy looks just like Dick Van Patten. It's really funny. And think about that. Think about how Jewy I look. And my dad looks like Dick Van Patten, who was the whitest of all dads. If you if you go online, if you don't know who he is, you look him up. You're like, oh my God, wait, how Dave Juzgov's father looks like this? How is this possible? That's probably why he hated me. I mean, I'm pretty sure my dad was Jewish, but uh he didn't look it at it all. He looked like Dick Van Patten, and he probably hated me. He's like, why do I have such a Jewy looking son? But apparently there was supposed to be a sitcom. Um, that they were supposed to make an Ozzy and Harriet family type series with Dick Van Patten's wife who was i believe Joyce Van Patten who we've heard about and she's been in stuff and his son and his sons he had a bunch of sons but uh, he had Vince Van Patten who was in a bunch of stuff that i remember as a kid he was a pretty good looking kid he had an interesting way of talking i just i always remember Vince Van Patten because i remember he was in this show called Apples Way. i don't know why i know and he was in he might have been in uh, the black the the, the the white shadow uh, which was, sorry, I was going to say Black Shadow because they made a parody of it on Saturday Night Live. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I remember he was also a tennis player. And I'll never forget, as a kid, I was like, i got to try and get that footage if they had it, that he was playing, and I was watching TV. Maybe it was the Wide World of Sports or whatever it was. And he was playing, and he was doing really poorly. And he just goes into the camera, get me a sitcom. And I remember being so jealous, so jealous. And this was, you know, maybe I was 10. I was already jealous. So I'm like, oh, listen to this guy. He's doing bandits. He's like, get me a sitcom. Fuck you. Oh, it's that easy. I guess it was. But now apparently he's like an amazing director. I I think he might even direct Game of Thrones. I don't know. I should have looked it up. I told you I wasn't completely prepared today. But he also dated Farrah Fawcett. What? No no wonder I was jealous. I had good reasons. He could have gone pro with tennis. I don't know whether he did. He was already in sitcoms. His dad was, you know, a famous singer. They seemed to get along pretty well. And he was dating Farrah Fawcett. Oh, fuck you. That's completely unacceptable. Let me tell you something about Farrah Fawcett. You got the... You know, Farrah Fawcett, to guys my age, was the shit, right? But if you look at her now and what she looked like, and, you know, maybe she was just 70s pretty. You know, just the way Pamela Anderson might be just 80s pretty to us. Years from now. But the funny thing is about Farah is when we saw her in Charlie's Angels, she was pretty, but she was a little bit older. And she's in episodes of I Dream of Jeannie where she is Major Healy's girlfriend where she is not to be believed. I mean, she must be 19 or 20, maybe even younger. And then in those, oh my God. That's in the 60s. She's in tennis outfits and stuff. She's not to be believed. I mean, she was gorgeous during Charlie's Angels. But oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you check it out, you see, she was stunning. Stunning in this day and age, too. She'd still be that pretty. You know, in the famous poster of her in in the bathing suit with her hair all over and stuff. She Was really pretty, and it's a legendary, you know, sexy poster. But you know, I'd, I'd rather see her in the, the tennis outfit than I Dream a Genie. And she, I remember she's staring, Bill Daly staring. I do the move, all, I used to do it in my old uh, public access show. He's just staring at her, um, in one episode before there's conversation with his uh hand on his cheek, just staring at her, which is really funny because he's gay in real life, as we found out later. And he was uh, the ladies' man in I Dream McGinny and Bob Newhart show, which is funny. Just like a uh, perfect example, gay guys are good at playing ladies' man, I guess, in sitcoms. Uh, do, do you know Patrick Harris? He's so funny in the role as a ladies' man because now we know he's gay. It's even funnier. Why is that? I guess because being a ladies' man like that in a sitcom is such a funny thing. Like kind of like the Fonz who is not gay, but, you know, I talk about this all the time. The reason what made him so funny is he's nothing like the Fonz. I always talk about that. I give anything to have his agent back in the day. Because think about this. Anybody that knows anything, or if you look it up, they weren't looking for Henry Winkler to play the Fonz. They wanted Sylvester Stallone. Or they wanted a Sylvester Stallone type. They wanted a big, burly, Italian stallion type dude who would talk like, they, you know, like that. They, that's what they wanted. And Henry Winkler's agent said, I don't have that, but I've got a short Jewish kid with a winning smile you're going to love. How about that for salesmanship? And, you know, because that's the funny thing. Why was Henry Winkler so funny? Because he's not that part. When you'd see him, you know, you see him now, he's such a kind, nice, polite person. He was acting. He was unbelievable. He was so unbelievable, if you're 35, you probably don't even understand how unbelievable he was. Nobody could understand it. You could watch that show a million times with your kids or your nieces and nephews, and they will never understand how huge he was and why and that i will explain on another show i have a funny thing to say about that but for some reason i don't feel like talking about it anymore let's see what else i have today before we wrap up on this final show before july i don't know whether you saw um the golf out in the us open uh, it was very exciting. It was on Fox. Got huge ratings because they were playing on the West Coast, and they started it at six o'clock and it went till ten o'clock at night. So you got this jerk, jerk off Dustin Johnson, who I don't particularly care for, and he totally implodes. I couldn't. I was rooting totally against him. I want this guy Jordan Spieth or Spieth to win because he's won the Masters and this, and now it could be exciting. I don't think anyone's ever won all four golf classics. In the same calendar year. I'm not positive. I think that's the case. So, you know, now the next one, whatever that's going to be, you know, I can't keep up. It's either the U.S. Open or the PGA. I, no, I think that was the U.S. Open. So, I don't know. You know, there's four, the Masters, something else, blah, blah, blah. And now, it, oh, the British Open. I think that's next. So, if he, I mean, that's exciting. It's just like the Triple Crown. You know, now, now, now I'm excited for God. Listen, there's no sports happening. Got to get excited for something. So I was totally rooting against Dustin Jobs. I'm always rooting against that guy. I met him a couple times here. Seemed like kind of a douche. <laughs> we didn't get along. So I hate him. Eh, you know, whatever. Hey, hey, listen, he doesn't need my luck. I mean, he's, you know, he imploded. He could have won or at least tied for a playoff. And he completely imploded. I don't know whether you saw it. He, he just missed a putt. It was really messed up. Very entertaining. Uh, But, you know, I tweeted the other day. I'm like, well, how do you have any – how can you concentrate? His wife or baby daddy, girlfriend, you know, they're not married, but they have a kid together, is Wayne Gretzky's daughter, who's so hot. I think her name is Pauline Gretzky. Oh, my God. And then Wayne Gretzky is sitting there with his daughter watching Justin Huff. So you got the great one sitting there watching your every move, your new baby – And your model wife. Let me tell you something. This is why I'm doing the podcast from my house. I would choke under that pressure every time. One day, my Star Search episode will come out and you will see a classic choke (laughs) when it was all right there for the taking. I still stand by that performance. Well, I I don't stand by it. I was just, it was a, I was trying something. Again, I'll explain another time. But. But that was great. But it leaves us open for the British Open, which should be interesting uh, that, you know, maybe uh, this guy can pull it together. And, you know, now Tiger Woods is a jerk off. Nobody cares for him anymore because of everything that happened. And, you know. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm obviously very jealous of these guys, so I don't care. But I don't know why I'm not jealous of this Jordan Spieth. I just I just want to see some action. You know, if I see Tiger Woods. Uh, cheating on his wife I, it doesn't bother me but uh i'm just jealous uh, he's got all these he's got this beautiful beautiful wife you know i'm not married so I, I'm, I'm upset about this Yeah, you know, i was talking about on the on the video you might you know maybe they'll cut it maybe they won't i finally watched the movie manhunter uh the, the third in the series of hannibal lecter movies science the lamb hannibal and red dragon what did i say manhunter because it's based on Manhunter that I saw from the 80s. Not only is it based on it, it's a complete remake. I thought it was different. It was stupid, only because I'd seen it before. So I knew how it was going to end. I knew how he was going to solve the case. I didn't realize. So I didn't love it like I loved Hannibal. I really like Hannibal. I actually like Hannibal at this point better than I like Silence of the Lambs. I could watch it over and over again. Um, I don't know. I find it very entertaining. But so I'm watching this Red Dragon. And I see Ray Fiennes, and that's another thing. Yesterday I talked about Ray Fiennes, a very good-looking guy. I mean, he's very good-looking. So they're like, oh, you are gay. I'm like, I get it. Enough with that already. So uh, he's playing the villain, you know, and they, they give him, like, a cleft lip or something so he can not look handsome. So ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's like Johnny Depp trying to make himself look ugly. It's completely unfair. <laughs> it's unacceptable to guys like myself. Um it's like, that always bothers me, The Charlize Theron, who won an a act, uh, best actress because she, uh, you know, made herself look ugly. Well, fuck you. <laughs> you got you to have it all. Why are people complaining about that? Let an ugly actress win, you know? You, you're complaining, it's like, oh, this Asian person, they should be playing Asian people. Hawaiian people should be playing Hawaiian people. Well, why don't you let an ugly person play an ugly actress or whatever, you know, whatever she won for. And Nicole Kidman with her fake putty nose. Meryl Streep doesn't have to do that. She plays like it is because she acts. That's right. My cat is hitting my uh, foot again. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry she's such a distraction. Um, she really did throw me off. Does anybody remember what I was talking about? Can somebody call in? Oh, so I was talking about Red Dragon. So anyway, he's there and he's uh, a serial killer that kills families and little kids. And this woman at his office keeps coming on to him and starts blowing him. She's, like, so coming on to him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? I, I usually stay in on a Saturday. I don't do anything. And this guy, this guy's a serial killer and he's getting blown. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This movie sucks. I hate it. I don't know. There's something weird. I, granted, she was blind. But she was still really good looking. And you would think as a blind person she would have, you know... Kind of gotten a feeling like he might be kind of evil. <laughs> you would think your sixth sense might pick it up. Of course it's a movie. So it doesn't matter. But I know it bothered me. Uh, I talked about Caitlin Jenny yesterday. Oh, uh one other thing. Um I talked about Leonardo DiCaprio on the show. You'll see that because I was talking about his his women. You know, I talk about it all the time. He, he you know, we were talking about the 73 Virgins. You know, the jihadis that blow themselves up, they get 73 virgins, they go to heaven. Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty much doing that now. But it's all the same type of girls. It's all blonde. I mean, beautiful, gorgeous. Would I trade places? Of course. But if I was in his place, I I, I like to bevy a different kind. Don't you once in a while you want to just date somebody not a model, a a normal girl, A, a brunette? It's a little weird. It's a little suspect. I don't think he's gay, but, I mean, it's a little weird. After all, you just always like the same type. As a matter of fact, if you were a girl who, at that point, wouldn't you say, you just have a type and I just fit that profile? But they're probably just like, oh, my God, Leonardo DiCaprio is asking me out. Uh, so we talk about that on the video. Maybe we'll get to some. I'm sure we'll keep that. Uh, but the uh, one thing, uh, P. Diddy was arrested because he attacked his son's uh, soccer coach, I believe. Was it football coach or soccer coach? Um, football. UCLA football coach. He attacked him with a kettleball, a training weight, and he had to go to jail because apparently the coach was riding his son. Now, immediately, I said to myself, what an asshole P. Diddy is. You know, what a dick. What a complete dick. But, but... The guy who he, you know, threw a kettleball at is this major jerk-off. This coach is a jerk, a legendary jerk-off who's, he, I want to get his name. Um, I definitely want to say his name because I hate him. Uh, Sal Alassi. I don't know if you remember this guy. He was working for the Jets, and he was that douchebag that tripped one of the Dolphins players on the sideline while he was running down the side. That was that douchebag. Somehow that guy got another job. You believe that? He should never work in football coaching again. He's obviously got issues. He tripped a player from the other team in the NFL. What the fuck? The only way that's funny is if I did it and then I get out of football and I'm known as that guy tripping one of the Dolphins because, you know, I'm a big Jets fan. But this guy's a coach and it's completely, I mean, it wasn't even funny when it happened for some reason. Like it it was, but then when you saw the guy, you just realized he, he was a major douche. So I don't know. I guess I'm on board with what P Diddy did. That guy's clearly an asshole. This guy clearly must be an asshole He must have been doing something so bad to his son Even though I know parents get out of hand with this stuff That P. Diddy had to step in And say, I hate this guy Unless P. Diddy's a Jet fan And he knew the guy was that guy And he's just everything he was doing was just bothering him I think that's the way I would be I'm not sure Oh no, there's that music Oh no I was having such a good time I hope I got to everything. Yeah, I got to enough. I mean, I just want enough to hold everybody over for two weeks. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do the show next week. Fourth of July, nobody cares. You know, sometimes it's coming out on Fridays, and what's the point? It's a holiday, the weekend, whatever. So, uh, But I'll definitely be back in two weeks. And then I'm going to strategically plan out the fall, you know? I mean, i keep doing everything, keep doing the podcast, but... I don't know. You know, listen, check out the thoughtscom Tweet me or Facebook me. Let me know what you think. I, I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled with it. I don't know. You'll let me know. You'll let me know. And uh, I guess that's it. Everybody have such a great... Oh, I... damn it. I was talking about the fireworks place. I wanted to read off some fireworks names because I like going to the store. Some of the firecrackers, not the the other one, but some of the ones they have when you go to the store, like the big red one, the pulsating super cluster. They they used to have the Wizard of Oz, A-H-H-H-S. The Mount Olympus Thunder. I mean, this is great stuff. They're, They're boxes where they just have like, you know, where you just light one fuse and the box goes crazy. Oh, man, if it wasn't so expensive, I would love to get that for this fourth. But anyway, I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. The 4th is kind of the greatest for so many reasons, because this country's great. And we love this country, and we celebrate it on the 4th, and it's an important holiday. And this year, the 4th comes on a Saturday, so we get Friday off, which is even better. A three-day weekend in the middle of summer. You can't beat it, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Juskow, and I will see you next time on what we call the Dave Just Podcast. We'll see you on that.